0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fensky, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today we're speaking with Joe Mullings, Chairman and CEO of the Mullings Group, a talent acquisition firm focused on MedTech. Thanks for joining us today, Joe.
1: Sean, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: So, uh, so you know, you've, you've definitely made the rounds around MedTech, and, and you've seen – you know, quite a bit through your various ventures, uh, what, what has you the most excited right now and why?
1: Oh, gosh, I think it's the expansion of the med tech market in general. You know, historically, med tech has been focused um, in an OR and in an ICU and a cath lab for the most part. And, of course, you know, you've got some leakage on either side of that, but it's primarily been around the acute or uh, uh, immediate care of a patient. And as the industry continues to eat up 18% of our GDP, we're realizing we've got to get outside of that, and it's moved into a health tech world. So I'm pumped about the digital uh, uh, expansion. I'm pumped about passive monitoring. I'm pumped about data analytics and the informing of the clinician in treating the patient both pre- and post-event or even the technologies that are allowing us to kill the monster when it's tiny – uh meaning the you know the chronic treatment of or the acute treatment of the disease state.
0: Yeah absolutely a lot of that uh you know is happening as you said expanding the market uh that means that means people uh in the home obviously are are doing more with regard to their care. Uh how much of an impact do you see uh with re- with respect to that? some of uh, what I refer to as the outsider companies, you know, big tech, Apple, Google, how much of an influence do you see them having, and do you see uh, them doing it themselves, or do you see it as more likely a partnership between, you know, people like Medtronic and Google?
1: Yeah, look, you nailed it. There's a convergence of tech coming into Medtech right now, Here's how I view the market. Here's how I think it rolls out. Medtech companies have got what I always refer to as the beachfront property. They're touching the patient. Um, the big tech companies have no interest in touching the patient. Where they have a lot of interest is the data that comes off the patient, uh, because as uh, I think Peter Fitzgerald talks about, data is the new oil. So, um, And Eric Topol does as well. Great book, Deep Medicine, by the way. So what, what you see is this convergence. MedTech will never be close to the chops that general tech have, whether it's Google, Amazon, IBM, Samsung, uh, any of those big players. Uh, and uh, Verizon, and I'm even going to go there because I think that, that telecom platform is an enormous future-facing opportunity. But as we have the ability to touch the patient, that beachfront property – that starts to pull in regulatory oversight. Um, We're always gonna own that in the pure med tech play. But having said that, as you have these tech companies come in who are experts at what to do with data, how to get the data, and then how to process and share the data, that convergence is going to create a brand new market and, and opportunities. Now, having said that, over the next decade, you will have one, if not two, of those be bigger than other med tech companies like Medtronic, J and J, Baxter, Boston Psy. and you're seeing it declared right now. The first example of that is Teledoc.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great example. Great mention. Um, so, so let's let's. Uh, address something that's a little closer to your to your normal day to day, and that is how these new technologies um, are impacting the types of people that the medtech industry is hiring. What are you seeing there?
1: So if we if we stay on the you know the digital side of medtech, and nearly every med device that's going to come in contact with a patient is eventually going to have some intelligence need to be assigned to it because historically MedTech has not been very good at sharing data. It's been writing it down on a piece of paper, putting it in a folder, sliding it into a file cabinet. And now that we're assigning data and analytics and the ability to take that data and create future-facing value on reducing the cost of healthcare, which again is 18% of our GDP, we've got to do that because it's crippling us. So that means software, firmware, cloud, cyber, All of those types of people have never really existed in MedTech before, so they're not native. The good news is is there is a great population out there that there are an abundance of software, hardware, firmware, cyber-type individuals who understand systems, who understand how to take a piece of information and digitize it and do something to it, because really, That's what MedTech's doing. We're going to take an old-school analog signal off the patient. We're going to digitize that. We're going to assign intelligence to that piece of data. And then what we're going to do is going to allow that data to inform and then better advise our clinicians in the future. And again, we're going to be able to intervene earlier with that predictive analytics, being able to see the issue coming way before we're sitting in a hospital handling a hundred and fifty thousand dollar event with a heart failure patient and maybe intervene earlier. So all of that population has just expanded opportunities in medtech.
0: What about uh, something very obviously closely tied to this, and that's that's with the uh, concerns. Uh, of cybersecurity, are you seeing, you know, it's it's been said that MedTech is still lagging well behind uh, in terms of cybersecurity. Are you seeing them hiring those types of uh, experts or or people as well, or is that still a consultancy uh, arrangement, or, you know, what's happening there?
1: You know, that's a great question, and I have a very strong opinion on cyber and cloud, um, I see cyber and cloud. So let's talk about cloud first because everything plays off the cloud. Mm-hmm. So you've got companies like Bright Insight out there. Brilliant, brilliant organization rolled out of Flex. And Flex is a contract manufacturer. Bright Insight was spun out um, intelligently by Flex to be a cloud based platform that can take information. Um, and be able to utilize that information, whether it's connected pharmaceutical, biologic, medical device, and it's an entire platform. And you will have platform technologies like A Bright Insight that will become sort of partners with the big med tech companies. There's no way the big med tech companies over the next decade, in my opinion, can have enough people on uh, uh, staff to deal with cyber cybersecurity, all of privacy, patient privacy, um, all of the stateside regulations like we have in California as well as in Europe, and staying up to speed there and be able to keep those black hats away for us. It is right. not a native skill set, so I forecast with all of this digital expansion that you will have companies like Bright Insight, bigger players like Amazon, AWS, and others that we aren't even seeing today, but I believe will be the big telcos like the Verizons, have that convergence of platform cybersecurity. And when you can have a staff of 300 of the most elite software cyber experts, white hats, which is what we need, the FDA is gonna be looking for that. So whether it's an AORUS robot, an intuitive robot, uh, an active surgical vision system, all of those need to go somewhere. You do not create that capability in-house. Plus the startups are going to need that utility platform to go to in order to roll out their new products because the, the finances would crush an emerging tech startup who as well had to create a cloud-based initiative. So I think you're going to start to see utility-type companies like we have in our life. I don't go outside and create my own electricity. I plug into a network. I don't create (laughs) my online. I plug into a network. I think that's what you're going to see coming very quickly.
0: So really just an extension of the supply chain that's already in place for, you know, things like molding, machining, contract manufacturing. Uh, Within medtech, yeah,
1: it's exactly Um, so. The same way you would call up a chamfer to get a piece of extruded tubing on call, right, or a balloon because you got to prototype it. You're going to have, you already have companies like Bright Insight, and I think you're going to see other players come in who are going to be that contract manufacturer facilitating the digital progression of products.
0: Great, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think you're, I think you're right on the mark there um so so you know we, within uh, recent headlines we had we had companies like g m and Tesla, you know other outside companies, but not having their dipping their foot into med tech nearly as much as say a Google or an apple um but they were getting involved in helping produce critical uh products and and you know supp- medical supplies were you, do you foresee or are you hearing anything where uh, these types of companies, GM, Tesla, uh, you know, Ford was involved as well. Uh, are these companies going to look to incorporate, uh, you know, especially considering how much time we spend in, you know, these companies, especially cars, um, do you see them incorporating MedTech into their products?
1: You know, I see them incorporate passive monitoring into their products. So that's the, that's another category of, of, products that are starting to come out that will fall outside of FDA oversight. So let me start out first. My hat's off to them. They, they, they jumped into a patriotic moment to support this country in an area that it was needed. So I think that, first of all, I applaud them for that. Now, having said that, none of them want to be involved with the FDA, and <laughs> I understand that. Right, But you don't. You just don't. That's worse than the IRS. Mm -hmm. You don't screw with either of them. (laughs) But what you've got is you've got an entire category of products coming out that are not FDA regulated but are still informative to a clinician, and it's passive monitoring. So think about the iWatch. Think about uh, Garmin. Think about anything that could be passively monitoring. You're starting to see it in houses as well. And so I believe you're going to get some passive monitoring capabilities in more of our everyday life that are not FDA regulated, but will be informative to a clinician that when my heart rate eventually or my respiration rate or my lung volume is eventually monitored during my sleep with a mattress pad underneath me, that will inform my clinician and raise a small flag before the big flag gets raised. I think we're going to start to see that get insinuated into everywhere we move in life.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, moving towards that uh, preventative uh, system and and addressing those smaller issues before, like you said, they become that that major issue, that significant issue. Um, You know, it's funny also, I I believe it was GM, they just announced that they're a major recall. uh, You know, you, you mentioned the FDA. Can you imagine they have to uh, do car recalls because of, a, uh, of, because of an FDA issue. Um, kind of ties in exactly what you're saying, you know, with not wanting to deal with the FDA.
1: Right, but we will have, again, we will have passive monitoring informing our clinicians of if there is an outlier behavior. Here's, here's, here's a story I love to tell, and this is not hard for us to imagine in the next five years. If I've, if I've, got, a, if I've got a newborn or a two-year-old, I would give that newborn a 23andMe test. In that 23andMe test, I I can see what I'm predisposed for. Then I'm gonna get a prescription for a very simple Band-Aid every 30 days. I can put that Band-Aid on my child's shoulder blade. On that child's shoulder blade, it will be able to get some biometrics of anywhere from five to 10 different biometrics that may seem by themselves less valuable. But when you start to incorporate those, play those against what I'm predisposed for, and have a subscription model that a parent can buy out of pocket for 30 bucks a month, that will then go to a monitoring system that will be able to take all this massive information from the population and start to create algorithms to see when my three-year-old child now has baseline three years old, five years old, nine years old, but all of a sudden at 11 years old, There's an outlier biometric that comes up and dings that service that then informs my clinician or my GP or, you know, uh, 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 a child's doctor to say, hey, wait a minute, little Johnny, his father had heart failure. We just noticed little Johnny's heart rate suddenly start to be elevated and his lung volume starting to be sort of, affected. And these are precursors to something. This is not far away. And this is going to be potentially outside the purview of the FDA, in my opinion. And everybody should be happy for that because we're going to be able to now see those biometrics put into play on a self-pay, on a Band-Aid that you will buy as a subscription for your child. That is not far away.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're... Dead on dead on the mark there as well. Um, so let's let's talk about another initiative you're involved in, and that's your 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 show called True Future. Uh, you're you're entering your fourth season, uh, so congratulations on that. Um, Thank And you. you're visiting you're visiting Israel, uh, which has been an emerging hub for for med tech R and D for some time now. Um, so you know in your in your travels, in your experience, in your uh, filming, what what you know. Really stood out. I mean, obviously, there was probably a lot of very cool stuff. But what, what were the real, real highlights or the little, little tease you can give us for what, what might be ahead on the, on the season? So thanks
1: for that. Yeah, True Future has been an amazing journey for us in our fourth season. Uh, the intention of that was to travel around the world, people, places, and tech. And um, it ended up bleeding into culture. So we've, we've been in Israel, Germany, the U.K., obviously the U.S., Highlighting all kinds of technologies. Israel, in particular, has always been, um, I would say, one of my favorite places to go for a number of reasons. One is um, the never say never mindset. The technology there is really digitally indexed. You know, it's a, a country of 8 million people who mm-hmm. um, are, not a, are not afraid to think big, uh, are not afraid to foul. Um, are never satisfied with the status quo. Uh, You can go to Herzliya, which is right outside of Tel Aviv, and it's like being in Silicon Valley. You know, you've got the IBMs, the Microsofts, the Apples, the Googles there. Um, You know, it's it's a driving culture that is a surveilled culture because through their existence they have had to defend themselves against every imaginable foe. And they have used digital. They have used surveillance. They have been collecting patient records for more than two decades and incorporating those. Um, they've got a, uh, an ecosystem that has payers and venture capitalists and hospitals and, and med tech companies all working together for solutions. So we show that in, as well as the great food, the people, uh, the beautiful culture, uh, and the dynamics there in Season 4, um, and you know, they in return are incredibly generous back to me in the medtech culture. Uh, the first week of December, I'm sitting on the um, as a moderator in the ICI conference, which is I think is one of the coolest conferences in medtech, um, and moderating a, a panel of the chief medical officer of Google, Chief medical officer of Amazon, uh, uh, the CEO of Amwell, and uh, they share, man, do they share? they 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 hide nothing, they give everything to you whether you want it or not they're going to give it to you and um it's just a it's a beautiful culture all around for me
0: great so uh yeah so ab- about that panel uh the virtualization of care um you know what what does that what does that title mean and and how you know you talk about that some of the some of the leading tech firms are there what is What's the impact on today's healthcare space?
1: So you know, it's being put on by Peter Fitzgerald and Michal Geva from Tri Ventures, who are over there in Israel. They have a very, very strong incubator uh, venture firm. Uh, They've got some fabulous technologies coming out of there. Uh, Peter has been really one of the the lead uh, sort of clinicians in the digital uh, invasion, and. What, what they realized early that healthcare can be affected using entertainment, and what I mean by that is Facebook, you know, the ability to reach tens of millions or hundreds of millions of people on platforms that exist already, talking to people about their health, pulling in family members to help manage health, staying out in front and educating uh, in a layperson fashion about health. And, and then starting to pull in these great, um, uh, let, let, let's call it gathers of intelligence like the Amazons, uh, and also the best supply chain in the world like the Amazon. So they look at healthcare differently. They look at healthcare from the outside, from a tech perspective, where med tech companies look at healthcare from the patient and are just now realizing there's a landscape outside the patient that they could really affect outcomes on the patient when they converge with these tech companies. And that's, that's really what that digital day is about.
0: That's great. That's a, yeah. And, and I think, you know, what you're describing is, is the, you know, that, that is what we can expect to see that, that, that convergence of, of tech and, and medical care. Um, Correct. Great. Well, unfortunately that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech matters. I'd like to, Thank, of course, Joe Mullings from uh, the Mullings Group for uh, participating in this episode and would also like to thank you, the viewer, for listening. So until next time, this has been Sean Fenske from MPO saying thanks for listening.